When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia. 107.5 The Game on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach and 100.5 The Game in Florence. All right, and welcome into the Garnet Trust Hour here on The Game. Tyler West, Chris, and Colin broadcasting live out of Better Homes and Gardens. Real Estate Medley out here, 1926 Augusta Road in West Columbia. Another hour to go. It's been quite a morning so far. We've talked about a little bit of everything. Thank you to Miss Hopkins and Meredith and McFadden for hanging out with us in last uh, hour's Garnet Trust Hour. We'll have that episode up for you a little bit later on today if you want to go back to listen to it. We still got Carowinds passes. We got tickets to games later on this season. We got our Honda Power Generator giveaway that you can come in and sign up for. Plenty of reasons to come by and see us over the course of the next hour. But it is the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. And, Colin, you have to leave after this segment because yes. you and I are doing 12 to 3 back in the Herndon Chevrolet Studios. We, we posed the question to you at the start of the show off the heels of the James Franklin thing from yesterday. Mm-hmm. Worst question you've ever asked to a coach, player, whoever it may be. have been doing this for 10 years. Yes. There are far too many <laughs> to truly, like, I mean, if we want to do, like, a top five, I'm sure we can figure one out. <laughs> The one that I always go back to, it was during the COVID season. Okay. So that was... Everything on Zoom. Yes. Uh, it was after South Carolina basketball lost a game. And I asked Frank a follow-up question as one of the guards didn't travel. And so I was asking a follow-up question as to why he didn't travel. And Frank had already talked about it, and I was asking a follow-up question. And Frank went on a diatribe. <laughs> they just lost. And I phrased it poorly. It was bad. And he's like, I think he called me bro three or four times. Really? In the answer. Mm-hmm. He's like, come on, bro. Like, bro, I'm, I'm trying to, like, focus on. Now, who did they lose to? I want to say Mississippi State. Okay. If I remember correctly. Uh, but what I will say, I did text Frank after that and apologize for how I worded it. And he was very, very okay with it. So, like, we, yeah. I texted now, him. I was like, hey, I apologize for this. Now that's sorry. A, that's a situation of, yeah. like, coach is already having a bad day. And then they I lost. like, press him on Right. Something. Like, there's, there's not a whole lot of ice there. It's very no. thin ice yes. that can crack very easily if yes. you ask and they were like a question in, in the wrong way. And they were in the middle of a very not good season. Yeah. I think they won six games that year. Very not yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, and I asked a, 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 a poorly worded question to him uh I'm trying to think of other ones F- favorite favorite press conference just like shane and shane announcing dowell loggins oh that was a fun one shane announcing dowell loggins yeah. where he went kind of scorched earth he he yeah. came there in a little bit he came in he was ready angry ready um, to go and yeah, he had like he, uh, points now he didn't say anything to you specifically no. in that press conference no but he did call out a couple other people yeah i'm trying to think one of my favorite 
one of my favorite Frank press conferences was the one. I think they who was it? Maybe LSU. They got beat really oh, bad. Yes. And he had like a cough drop or something. Mm-hmm. And you could just hear him <laughs> sucking on the cough drop. He for... was really going to town on it because he was so mad. Yeah. Um, and he he said a lot. Yes. That he, was um, that was a fun one. I'll never forget. This was not my question, but about his third season, they weren't winning a ton, and they were going through. Like, they were winning. That was the year they won 25 games, but the, the metrics weren't great for them. Um, and after the third season, a, a journalist asked him, you know, are you starting to maybe get concerned about your job security? A journalist. <laughs> and I'm protecting the name, and it was not me, but the reporter, Frank, Internal, like remembered that, and then halfway through his fourth year, after Frank was getting getting into the the face of a player or something like that, and the journalist asked, "Hey, I saw you talking to this player in the middle of a game, and it was a pretty heated conversation. What were y'all talking about?" And Frank goes, "My job security," <laughs> <laughs> which is perfect. Uh, I'm trying to. Th- I mean, it's one of those things where if we were just sitting here talking. I could come up with like six different ones mm-hmm. off the top of my head. Right. But now that I'm on the spot, oh, there. Well, we, we gave you two hours. I, know, I, I got completely it. and totally You're forgot. Really on the spot. Yeah, no, I completely and totally forgot about the question until like right before we went back on. Like, we were like, oh, we need Colin's worst question. Uh, what about your yeah. favorite game ever that you covered? Ooh. What? Any sport. So I'll, just, I'll pick one in each of the three okay, that I covered that heavily. Even better. Bonus. Uh, the Clemson game last year was up there getting to cover that um, and just kind of the pandemonium of that game because Tennessee they blew the doors off them from the jump like yeah, it was over you could like yeah. feel the sense of it but the, as the game went right, along right but Clemson where you're having to come back from being down and you're winning by one and doing all this that was a lot and it being on the road in kind of an open environment that was that was a lot of fun basketball I covered them beating Virginia on the road that was a lot of fun. And then the Kentucky buzzer beater, the Jermaine Cousinard <laughs> banked in shot at the buzzer was a lot of fun. Baseball. Man, there's so many good baseball games I've gotten to cover over the year. That first LSU game, the oh, LSU yeah. this year. Oh, yeah, that was where. That was like a playoff atmosphere. Where, like, it was when Wimmer took Skeen's yard. That might be the loudest I have ever heard that stadium. Uh, they played a winner's Florida in 16. I covered that was like number one versus number two. In South Carolina, like won a, a tight game in game two late, if I'm not mistaken. And it that was rocking. The NC State winner's bracket game this past year in the regional was a lot of fun as well. So... There have been a ton of baseball ones because that atmosphere, when it's when it's going, it is going. And um, that's probably the one that I enjoyed covering the most just because it's, you know, that and I, I really enjoyed covering men's basketball. Um, a lot of good people over in that program and uh, a lot of good people over in the baseball program as well. So as I scroll through the 2016 South Carolina baseball schedule. <laughs> To find no the game that I'm talking. That. No, uh, not saved on this one. Maybe I say it's on a old there's computer a, there's, somewhere. There's there's a hard drive somewhere. Yeah, of it. Yeah, they won two to one 
in that one. They lost 5-4 in the first game and won 2-1, and then the third game was rained out. Have you guys ever asked a question that you regret at any point? Ooh. I'm sure. Yes. I mean, I'm I mean, not a big I can't think of one. press conference yeah. asker anyway when I used to go to them, but I'm sure. I mean, everybody has. Mm-hmm. I think the the real the key is to have the wherewithal as you're realizing this question is awful <laughs> yeah. to try and I, I've done that with recruits before. I start asking something, I'll be like, I don't like the way this is coming oh, no. across yeah. already. So you kind of start to soften it a little bit because you can tell. I feel like you got to have the wherewithal. Look at the body language. Look at the facial expression of the person you're talking to, and are are they accepting this question the way I want them to, or has their body language changed? And then you start to soften it a, right. a little bit. I feel like. Yeah, that's the. You kind of go into a press conference. I think one of the lost arts nowadays is like couching questions in a way where you still ask a tough question, but you do it in a way that you know is going to get a response and not get a coach mad at you, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, okay, well, you know, when everyone was upset that Shane Beamer didn't move on from Marcus Satterfield after one season, you have to ask, hey, did did you think about it, but in a way that's not, why are you still keeping this guy on staff kind of thing. So you're like, how do you balance consistency on a coaching staff versus maybe making a change or shuffling roles to maybe more optimized things and Shane actually gives you a good answer he understands what you're asking and gives you a good answer and it's not combative if that makes sense going to teaching sports journalism college that was pretty good that's your next job thank you you have to ask a question away where you're not going to get yelled at or screamed at but you also get an answer that (laughs) actually conveys a message instead of just being combative for no reason if that makes sense but there is a segment of people that won't why are you not? Yeah, yeah. Why are you not asking the hard questions, person? <laughs> and because you're they not. Want you to go in and yell it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Go in and yell it yell and just questions. ask it in a way that like the Twitter fan will be like, "Well, why aren't we? Why aren't we throwing to this guy more?" And they want you to just, just go throw it up. Just yeah. Um, up. Coach yeah. Cox fan twenty seven eleven wants to know why we're not throwing it to the tight ends more. Yeah. I know hey. that guy. He's a good guy though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to know because. My mentions are full of it. End arounds to Nick Harbour. <laughs> <laughs> and then he just like, can you just talk about Nick Harbour? Have you ever thought about just letting Nick Harbour run and then Spencer just throws it up there yeah. and hopes he catches it? Have you ever thought about that? There was a good one uh, with Mark Rick, Tyler. You remember this one? It, it, was it after the maybe the SEC title game? And he got the question of, hey, um, and, and it wasn't I – d- I didn't think it was framed that poorly, but it was, which, hey. Which, which one? Some pe- <laughs> which one? S- some people – are going to say that you and Aaron Murray can't win the big game? And he said, uh, "Yeah, who's are you saying that?" Yeah, he said, "Who's saying that?" And he was like, "Well, some 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 people. Say, if, some, if you're some people. if some people are saying it, I'm not worried about it." Yeah. And then he like came yeah. back and had a little bit more to say about. I it. remember that. Which that, that that I'm assuming that was the 2012 game. That must have been it. Chris Conley caught the ball and let time run out. Yes, yeah. that was it. That was the one. Yeah. Some yeah. people that one, it. Some people ingrained in Tyler's brain. <laughs> I feel like <laughs> it plays on the back of his eyelids when he goes to sleep. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I remember that one well. Yeah, if we're also talking about not fun games to cover, the Florida game last year in the swamp mm. was when it was largely over by halftime, and you still have to be there to cover it. And how many hours of drive was that? That's not too terrible. That's not bad. No, okay. I think it's like five, five and a half. We stayed in Jacksonville the night before. 
Show us how much you travel around for these games at five and a half hours. Oh, that's nothing. Oh, yeah, like, the ones where you start to go, man, that's a long drive, like seven and a half, eight. Yeah. But for the other ones, like, oh, it's only five five hours a day trip. That's like what? Two Taylor Swift concerts? <laughs> she plays for three hours. So. Okay, close well, to. Close. So almost two. Almost two. It depends. Now, if you, cut out the, if you cut out the surprise songs, then, yeah, probably five okay. and a half. It's about two Taylor Swift concerts. Wes looks. Wes is hard at work. He he has he has crafted his buyer buyer sell. I zoned out. When y'all started talking about Taylor Swift. Yeah. <laughs> Most people do. It's fine. Perfect timing for that. We will hit our buyer sell coming up as we dive into the Florida game coming up on Saturday, three thirty, right here on the games. We're broadcasting live at Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Medley for today's edition of the Garnet Trust or the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs out at nineteen twenty six Custer Road in West Columbia. Going until noon. Tyler, Colin, Wes, and Chris. Here on the game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head. On your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach. And 100.5 The Game in Florence. Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler, West, Chris, and Colin along with you today out at Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Medley, 1926 Augusta Road in West Columbia. Broadcasting for about 45 more minutes going until noon. We have Carowinds Passes. We have our Honda Power Generator Giveaway you can come in and sign up for. And we have the opportunity for some tickets later on in the season as well. So certainly come by and see us again broadcasting until noon. Again, Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Medley, 1926 Augusta Road in West Columbia. It may be Thursday, but it's time for our favorite segment of the week. It's time for Buy or Sell. See, you guys wanted theme music for this. This is our official theme song of Buy or Sell now. Hey, I'm, I'm here for it. I can't think of one better. All right, we've got also joining us special guest picker, Kendall Walsh. South Carolina is undefeated when Kendall joins us for this. I don't know if that's true or not, but <laughs> we're just going with it. Kendall, how are we doing? Actually, I think I am. Are you? We beat, beat Tennessee last year. And we beat Mississippi State. Okay, there you go. She's so, undefeated. So, guaranteed Gamecock win. Yep, there you go. Buy or sell. I mean, we had to do buy or sell today because yep. we are live for Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Medley in West Columbia. Let's get this started. Kendall, you're on the clock. South Carolina will score first. Oh. Well, hope Chris so. Chris doesn't know these. But I also hope that we win the coin toss and defer. Oh, you want us to defer? And get a stop, and then we score. So, buying? Yes, buy it. All right. Chris, how you feeling? I will buy that. All right. I'll buy it. See, whoever did these questions. Yeah. Um, all right, I'm selling out of principle. Um, <laughs> I, I kind of I feel like y'all are probably right, but Florida also, as we talked about, not good on the road. They also start slow on the road. Mm-hmm. So, y'all are probably right, but, again, out of principle. Florida – will rush for 150 or more yards against South Carolina on Saturday. Kendall. Well, I have to say this one's a little different for me. As you know, Wes, my husband is a Florida graduate, and so Mm. house divided in the Walsh house this weekend. So I've seen a lot of Florida football this year as well. Did you know that on average they rush for 153 yards a game? 
I did not know that until right now. Well, there you go. I will sell it. You're selling. We'll, we'll keep them under 150. Okay, Kindle is selling. I'm going to sell as well just so I can go ahead and get that in before y'all also sell. Chris, what you got? Yeah, I think this is actually a very important statistic for South Carolina. I feel like if if Florida goes over 150, kind of look at what they did this year in, in the two losses versus their four wins. Um, when they run the football well, they're pretty hard to beat. So if you think South Carolina is going to win this game, you're probably going to lean to not going over 150. Um, y'all are going to make fun of me. I do think it will be close. I don't, th- I don't think South Carolina comes in and has a Mississippi State-esque performance where they're holding Florida to you know, 27 yards with their top back. But I will sell it. I think they are slightly under. Florida is a much different team on the road, as we've talked about. You know, uh, in their two losses this year, they ran for 13 yards against Utah and then 69 yards against uh, Kentucky a couple weeks ago. They just haven't been able to run the ball the same on the road. I'm going to sell it. All right, everybody sells. All right, here's another one that uh, I'm putting you on the spot with. A South Carolina freshman will catch two or more passes in the game. Does not have to be a specific freshman. Could be any freshman. We so, know the first once. Could be Nicholas Harbor. <laughs> could be Tyshawn Russell. Mm-hmm. Could be DJ Braswell, potentially. Bice Another Codwell. option there. Like, yeah. Maybe not, but yeah. who knows. Um, so you, you got a few options there. I actually am going to buy this. It's I'll, two or more. Two or more. Two so or more. Okay. Two, okay. If they catch two, that means it's a buy. So I'm, I'm going to buy. And um, I don't know if it'll be much more than that, but I'll it'll go be two. close. Yeah, it'll be close, as Chris likes <laughs> to say. Kendall, how are you feeling? With hope, let's buy it. I hope we see a little bit of Nick Harper in the game. You and everybody else, right? <laughs> okay, yep. I'm looking at Colin. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Chris? I'm going to buy it, um, and I'm going to call my shot. Tyshawn Russell, three catches, 46 yards. But, oh. How about that? And a touchdown? Very or no touchdown? No touchdown. Okay. Uh, I'll sell this. I just think with the way that the passing game's gone this year, even without Juice Wells, who we haven't had for most of the year anyway, I mean, you might get a Tyshawn Russell with a catch, maybe, and hopefully Nick Harbour gets one as well. But uh, having two catches, I just think that's – I don't see that happening. All right, I'm making this one up on the fly. Um, Graham Mertz, Florida quarterback, will throw for 285 <laughs> yards or more. I love watching the process. <laughs> I, I'm trying. I'm trying to find a number that will split this. And because I put you on the spot, I'll go first. I'm gonna buy because I think I think South Carolina wins the game. No, when they when they lose. Mertz numbers are higher because they're behind and they're throwing. And generally, if you look at Florida stats, the games they lose, Mertz has to throw, mm-hmm. but they're not as good offensively. And their rushing numbers are low. When their rushing numbers are high, they normally win, and his passing numbers aren't as high. So I think it actually, we've seen South Carolina's defense give up some yardage in the passing game. If they can stop the run anywhere close to what they did against Mississippi State, then he's going to have to throw. That would be a good thing for South Carolina, but he could rack up some numbers in the process. So that's my show my work. I'm going to buy Chris Clark. Graham Mertz has only gone over 285 yards one time this season. It was in a thorough loss to Utah, to your point. He went 31 for 44 for 333 yards in that game, which sounds like a good performance, 
but they got smoked. The only other time he's gotten close was in a another unimpressive win against Charlotte. He went for 284. So I should have went a little lower, maybe. <laughs> maybe, but. maybe. I mean, but it was, it was a good number. Uh, despite all that, I'm still going to sell it. I think okay. he's, he's just under that mark. So between those two games that they lost on the road, one to Utah and one to Kentucky, you mentioned 333 yards against Utah, 244 against Kentucky. That means he is averaging 288 yards passing <laughs> in those two losses. So I'm going to buy it. Mm. Nicely done, Tyler. 285 wasn't a bad number. No, right on it. Number. Kendall, you are deep in thought over here. I am. I, I, I'm i going to sell it as well. I think he'll have... <clears throat> You know, a lot of passing yards, as you mentioned, but I don't think he'll hit 285. At least I hope not. And we'll still stop the run. I feel like you that's coming from somebody who has watched a lot of Florida I offense have. this year and not been that impressed. Yeah, it, some of the play calling, I think, is, is what is unimpressive to me as well. What is your husband's opinion on Florida this year? <laughs> it's oh. funny because there's been a lot of walk out of the room oh. situations. <laughs> um, as you can imagine, he's a very passionate fan he actually coaches um he's coaching jv right now he's coached football before and he's played a little bit professionally and he's got um he has some thoughts about it and uh i think the time management and the play calling sometimes really drives him crazy yeah is he a fan of napier he he is i am not and not in a way that i think he's a bad coach i'm not he's not charismatic i think terry said the other day on the radio and i literally almost spit out my drink that he's like vocal melatonin that was the funniest thing because <laughs> he is you know he's just he doesn't give you any spark he doesn't give you that you know what we get from beamer there's none well, of that with billy and florida had a lineage you go from urban meyer to yes. Muschamp to even McElwain was fiery at times to then dan mullen like these guys that are all over the mm -hmm. place not afraid to give you a sound bite and billy napier's like yeah we're gonna show up early and we're gonna get some good sleep yep. on friday night <laughs> exactly. and exactly you know he's, he's definitely a change of pace heck of a recruiter um, but, you know, with him, and he does some, some kind of different things, like with special teams. I think that's something to note, too, is a little bit different that Florida does. And, yeah, it's, it'll be interesting, but I don't think he'll get over 285. Wait, you had the you had the greatest quote of all time in Steve Spurrier as kind of like your – that's your standard at oh, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's been able to match Spurrier in terms of consistency of winning. Even though Urban Meyer was really great for two years, yeah. not the consistent level of Spurrier, no. and just not the entertainment value. Yeah. I almost feel like Florida fans would rather be entertained than even win. Like, they'd rather watch, because they've seen, they saw Spurrier for 12 years, they'd rather watch a 35-31 to 31 game than win 16-14 to 14 or something strange like that just because – like when they when they went to Ron Zook after Spurrier, it was just kind of everybody's like, "Wait, we watched Spurrier, and this is this is what we've gone to." <laughs> so I, I I feel like there's a little bit of still to this day, Steve Spurrier uh, kind of haunts you if you're a coach there. So in the YouTube comments when we posted the Napier press conference on our Gamecock Central YouTube, this Florida fan chimed in. Most of these comments are trash, but they said. Uh, <laughs> Tip from a Gator, listen to Billy at either 1.25 or 1.5 speed if you want it to sound normal. <laughs> so I, I thought that was yeah. a good tip from the He's definitely Gator not somebody here. that's going to slip up and say something wrong, I feel like. He thinks about every word that comes out he of his mouth. very meticulous, I would say. Yeah, which, I mean, that probably is a good thing, like detail-oriented from but a coach. Why doesn't he run, like, that extra play with a few seconds left on the clock before halftime? That's what 
drives Brandon a little crazy. Yeah, he, he has been uh, accused of being a little too conservative mm -hmm. at times. And that's another Spurrier, very aggressive. Yep. Yeah. He was aggressive before everybody else was being aggressive, I, I feel like. So you're always, I feel like if you're a coach there, you're going to deal with kind of the lasting effects. Do we got one more by ourselves? Uh, last one, yeah. South Carolina will win the game. I'm buying. Uh, I know Kendall's buying. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us well, why. Well, multiple reasons. One, I think we really do have a chance to win. Um, our house, they did not play well on the road. Um, I mean, you know, we're missing juice, but we have great talent, and I think it'll show on Saturday, and I hope that we prove to them that we are still, you know, a contender in the last year of the East. Chris, what you got? I'm going to buy with a low confidence level. Chris, how dare you? <laughs> First of all, every week. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll buy. I think it's going to be a four-quarter fight. I mean, the line's at, you know, two and a half, three points for a reason. It's going to be a tightly contested game, but I think these road numbers that Florida has is just too much to ignore, and I think being on the road is going to play into uh, South Carolina's advantage on Saturday. Four buys. South Carolina wins the game. Kendall, why don't you tell everybody about y'all's great new gigs here oh, and yeah. uh, how they can contact you and why they should contact you. Absolutely. So we're here at our office, Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Medley, 1926 Augusta Road. This is an old bank building. It has so much character. As Wes has mentioned several times, we have a vault right when you walk in. This kind of like a little hangout coffee nook area, but great facility. Couldn't ask for a better owner and broker and David Medley sitting over here to my right. Um, He's just, sitting there, so you he have is. to. Well, I, I mean that, though. I truly mean that. I've been a few places, and you're not going to find one better than David. Um, we have great agents here in our office. We have about 50 on um, in our specific brokerage. And my team is Dwell Columbia. And Sarah, that's on my team, is looking across from me. Um, she is fantastic. Couldn't ask for a better person to be with me on that team. Um, we try to strive for the best customer service in real estate knowledge we truly care about the people we work with our clients become friends and uh we just we're trying to help everyone with buy sell and invest in real estate in columbia absolutely and we certainly appreciate you having us out here i'll have more of the gamecock central takeover hour presented by firehouse subs live out at better homes and gardens real estate medley in west columbia coming up here on the game You're talking about sponsored by Love Chevrolet on your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia 1075 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach and 100.5 The Game in Florence. All right, welcome back in. We have reached the point of the show where they give me and Chris the keys to the car, which is dangerous for everyone involved, but. We're going to kind of try to keep it in between the lines, Chris. Let's keep talking press conferences, man. I don't think we've gone into that enough today. Dow Loggins, Clayton White, Pete Limbo, the always pleasant Pete Limbo talking <laughs> yesterday. And I, I thought the theme of this entire week, man, has been, obviously, what did you learn from the bye week? And by you, I mean, like, the staff. What did they learn? And then what changes what moves do we see on saturday in terms of trying to fix some of those things and you know i think that really probably hits all three phases offense defense special teams i thought it was kind of interesting pete limbo talking about and this may not be something that that fans necessarily 
get hyped about who's on the kickoff team, who's on the kickoff return team. But I do think you may have a chance. Some of these freshmen we talk about, maybe some of the guys that don't play quite as much, we may see some of those guys not necessarily in bigger offensive or defensive roles, but possibly play a little bit more on special teams. And it could be maybe a guy's played in one game, played in two games, and it sounds like they're going to try to maybe preserve the red shirts on some of these guys. But as we know, the rule now, the last few years, you can play in four games. So it could be, hey, player A is going to play in this game, this game, this game that is left. And then in that same role, maybe the other three or four games, you, you play a different guy. And I, I think they'll kind of he, – he's so detail-oriented about these things that – It'll be interesting to see what the plan is, which spots on special teams are a little bit more interchangeable. We know how he's talked about some spots are just non-negotiable. I'm, I'm playing starters at that spot. I'm playing my best available. Some of these other spots we've already seen guys kind of rotate in and out. So I'll be curious to see do some of these younger guys, um, you know, of Akari Swain. I always thought a Cam Sandlin would be a guy who could help you on special teams, man. Tough-nosed guy. That, that'll be something that won't be highly talked about, but that I will be watching on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, even like a like a guy like uh, Zabari Sandy, right? Yeah. Freshman has played in two games. Would you like to preserve the red shirt there? Probably so, because he's not going to factor in as a position player. We don't think, based on what we've seen so far, based on what we know, you would love to preserve the red shirt. But in your kind of, uh, I guess, your matrix, Wes, of, of your guys that are going to play, you figure, hey, we've got a couple games of this guy, uh, you know, that we could we could go and play him. Um, I think talking about the freshman, too. Here's the thing. Here's a question that we've gotten a lot, and it is related to, to limbo and to special teams, but also offense and defense. We've gotten the question like, hey, guys, do we see the freshman work in more this year? Well, one thing to remember that this year, this game, do you see even more freshmen? South Carolina's already playing a ton of freshmen. I mean, if you go up and down the 2023 recruiting class, just about everybody is play, has played. A lot of the guys are contributing in a meaningful way, and a few of them are starters. You know, And so when you look at, okay, how can you get more freshmen involved, there's not a lot left there. There's not a, meat, a lot of meat left on that bone. You can point to some things Shane Beamer mentioned. He went as far yesterday, Wes, as to say, hey, we would like to see Pup, Howard, and Bam be able to almost split snaps mm. with Stone Blanton and Debo Williams. Not 70-30, but even split, which I thought was interesting. So there's another freshman maybe can step up into a bigger role. Um, Tyshawn Russell, Nick Carver, may maybe an Elijah Caldwell. Can you get those guys more involved, whether that is on special teams or whether it's on offense? The point is, not a ton of room to integrate new guys because most of the guys have already been contributing in some form or fashion. Yeah, and I, I think the conversation now is not so much new guy. Like, hey, I haven't I haven't seen that guy play at all. It's going to be more who can take on a bigger role. Yeah. And you know, you look at it right now. Even some of the guys that have played in all the games haven't. The, the snap counts have been very different. And so, I've got a tally here on, on Gamecock Central. You got. Kilgore, Harbor, Judge Collier, and Desmond Umazulu. I'm trying to uh, – uh, we've got our there new go. pronunciation guide earlier this year. They've played in all five games. So 
they've already passed the uh, the line there. They're they're not red shirts. They officially will be true sophomores next year. But then you got several other guys, man, that will go over this this week more than likely. True Babalade, he's at four. Pup Howard, he's at four. Troy Ball, he's at four. Then you got Tyshawn Russell at three. Xavier McLeod at three. Bakari Swain's actually played in three games. So anybody that's either already over the number, obviously, or that's at four or three games even right now, I think you can probably count on playing some type of role moving forward. I think once you get past that number, five games down, seven games to go, then you start to have those conversations. Who in that group will kind of manage the number with? Zabari Sandy, like you said, he's played in two games. Uh, mostly on special teams. Played some nickel back against Furman. DJ Braswell has played in one. Sellers won. Connor Cox won. Uh, Jatavius Shivers won. Then the rest of the guys have not played. So who in the has not played group maybe could could get in there, maybe in special teams? Do you, know, do you see a guy like Connor Cox uh, get a few more snaps along the way? I, I don't know. At this point, I don't think you're even – in today's college football, that worried about the red shirt status necessarily as much as you're worried about can this guy play a bigger role and help our team because we, we've heard the hints from Beamer. We've heard the hints from Dow Loggins. There are going to be some changes. Those hints to me sound like player A, player C, player whatever may not play as much as they have been. So with that, someone has to take those reps from them. So I'll be very curious to see who that is that is taking those new reps at various spots. Yeah, some schematic things that will change. Uh, again, some of those to like the naked eye, to the casual observer, may be things you notice, and some of them may not be as noticeable. Um, I think certain players will be more noticeable, and that would be mainly on offense, right? Like, everybody always gravitates towards offense first in terms of personnel, which receivers are in the game, which running backs are in the game. Dowell Loggins, I keep going back to this line. He, he has said, he said it in mid-September. He said it in uh, this week's press conference yesterday, the notion of, you know, sometimes having to move on from guys, guys that are just good enough to get you beat. Yes, they, maybe they know their assignments, but being able to find more guys that you can plug in um, that can make players miss, that can make plays in space. And so you look around and say, well, well, who is that maybe for South Carolina? Does that mean Broswell? Does that mean, Wes, the the dream of yours to see Lenora Sellers in some short-routed situations? Do we maybe see that? Because that's a personnel plus scheme integration that if you're trying mm-hmm. to get creative, maybe you can look at that. Um, is it more Tyshawn Russell? Is it you know more Nick Harbour? You know, we'll see. And that's part of the fascination, I think, of this week leading up to the game. Well, what we saw two weeks ago, Tennessee, when you see a third and short and a fourth and short and then a third and short and then a fourth and short not converted, that to me is when you start stop and say, what what can we do? Yeah. The, the obvious yeah, the, the obvious answer is you want to just knock them back, right? Like you just want to you don't have to you don't want to have to think about short yardage. But guess what? At this point, you do. So what can you do to maybe give yourself a little better chance in that spot? To me, that's that's where you have the seller's conversation. Do we see that Saturday? I don't know, but it it seems kind of like one of those things that makes too much sense not to try. You know, do we see some Tyshawn Russell at, at wide receiver? I I still think he is the furthest along 
of those wide receivers to come along and help you. I mean, he's he's gone out, he's gotten open and made some plays when he's gotten the chance to. So we'll see, man. I think there's there there's like we said, there's not new guys necessarily, but there are some guys who have played that can play some more. So we'll continue this conversation and a little bit more when we close it out here live from Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Medley. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks in Columbia, 107.5 The Game. Also heard on 100.3 The Game in Myrtle Beach and 100.5 The Game in Florence. All right, welcome back in. Closing it out here, Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Medley. We're in West Columbia. We're going to leave in about 12 minutes, but you should still come by. They got coffee. They got donuts. They got this bank vault you can come play in. It is very, very cool. Just come by and say hello. They're going to have ping pong downstairs soon, I understand. So if you want to just come play around, beat Josh Yellman, uh, <laughs> that'd be fun too. But all right, we got one more day, Chris, so we won't give final thoughts yet. South Carolina, Florida, key game for the Gamecocks. And I was looking at our friends at Gators Online. By the way, I just confirmed we will have a guest tomorrow's show, 1130, call in from one of the great reporters from Gators Online. We'll let everybody know the details later. couple little things on the Florida side that I think are worth mentioning. This is one of those things that maybe doesn't even come up in the game. For Florida, probably doesn't. But did you realize they have a new number two quarterback? Did you see this? Did you read this? I did read that. So um, Max Brown has now passed Jack Miller, which I think I remember Jack Miller mm-hmm. as a quarterback recruit. Yep. Um, South Carolina was involved at, at one point, class of 2020, four-star guy. And then Max Brown. Do we, do we know Max Brown, Chris? Is that a guy we're familiar with or no? I feel like. I think there were, there's a couple Max Browns. I think yes. there was one back in the day who played at Southern Cal and then Pittsburgh. Brown with an E on the end. Yeah, when you've been yeah. following recruiting long enough that there's just been <laughs> there's there's multiple three Max Browns. Yeah. But um he is a redshirt freshman, I think, and has kind of taken over the number two spot. And also Florida, it, it's it's kind of interesting to me, man, how many different schools that we start to dive into or teams we start to dive into where we look at it and they're having offensive line problems as well and now obviously there's levels to this the nine sacks South Carolina gave up in week one still kind of haunts you a little bit I think but I'm reading right now Florida has shifted their offensive line around as good as their running backs are and I I think they are it's a pretty good little duo man like they they and they they have a nice balance to each other like they complement each other well in terms of play style but they're they're shifting their offensive line around this week, or, or they did last week, I think. So everybody's kind of dealing with some of the same things because there's a reason, especially offensive tackles, it's a premier position. It's hard to find true lockdown SEC tackles that can just go out and play well against SEC ends. Yeah, it is. I mean, shoot, look look at Alabama, you know, and – their struggles against Texas A&M. Alabama was able to make enough plays and, and frankly, enough special plays, Wes, to be able to win that game. But 
you're going to face a lot of teams um, that are going to be able to heat you up on the D-line. You know, it's hard to find really good offensive linemen, but it seems like, especially in the SEC, teams are able to more frequently find guys that can rush the passer, find guys that can really, you know, pressure the front. So, look, that, that's what this game comes down to. It, it is going to be wh- whichever team is able to control the trenches. You, you could say this in most games. But I think this is one where you really, really zero in on it. We talked to Boogie Huntley, Gamecocks defensive tackle, about it on the Garnet Trust Hour this week on Monday. He feels like, look, you you, you kind of know what Florida wants to do. There, there's not a bunch of surprises. doesn't make it easy because, as Clayton White pointed out, Gamecocks defensive coordinator, they are going to give you a bunch of issues with shifts and motions and you know where the ball is flowing, some misdirection stuff. They're going to give you some problems. But at the end of the day, you kind of know what Florida's identity is and what they want to do, and so it's about being able to play sound up front. That's both sides of the ball. Can you keep Spencer Rattler upright and give him time? Can you find a way to run the football more effectively? And then can you slow down, in some regard, ETN and Montreal Johnson? They're dealing with the same conversation as our uh, Penn State, James Franklin, sort of uh, (laughs) fun conversation from yesterday about – throwing the ball down the field more. And I, I will say this, man. That's another one of those things. Throw the ball down the field more is – like I, I get why everybody's saying that, but what you really want is to complete balls down the field yeah. because you can't be throwing balls down the field just for the heck of it because <laughs> then you're in second and ten, then you're in third and eight, and that doesn't do anybody any good. And I, I did find it kind of fascinating. We, we talked about earlier – the shadow of Steve Spurrier. Hey, have you seen where Spurrier has has weighed in with his thoughts on the the Florida offense? Like, I, I think I think that's great that you have him in an ambassador role at Florida. He's got his uh, restaurant down there, which I've I've heard is actually really cool. Um, if if you're in Gainesville for the game next year, it, it's it's sweet. I think, but he has said. Quote, we need to toss more deeper balls. <laughs> I think we need to air it out a little bit more. And then if you're successful doing that, ETN will have more rushing yards also, I think. So that's Spurrier giving just his honest opinion, which is what he does. But if you're Napier, that's one more. Well, hey, Spurrier thinks you got to throw the ball down the field more. So you, the shadow to this day, man, is, is still there. That's one of those things where you're a victim of your success, you know, and that's not for – Billy Napier specifically, but it's for every coach that has come after Steve Spurrier. And that was one of the things with Will Muschamp, Wes, at Florida. You know Spencer Hall, how funny he is, but he's a Florida fan, and he would point out a lot of things about Florida. And in looking back on the Muschamp tenure, he said not only were they losing games, but they were losing games in a fashion where at a school nobody wanted that type of style. You know, So we know what Florida's style is this year. We'll see what happens. We are out of time here, but we're going to hand off the keys back to Tyler and Colin. They're back in studio by now. Going to roll you through the next three hours. But once again, thanks to our friends here at Better Homes and Gardens Real Estate Medley. Give Kendall a call today, 803-414-3590 for Chris and the whole crew here. We're out. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.